0: Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast where we watch movies we've never seen, at least one of us, and then we talk about them. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Betsy, and with me, as always, is my co-host and husband, Trent. Hi, Trent.
1: Co-host first, husband second. That's right. Thank you.
0: That's the correct ranking. (laughs) Uh, Today, we are going to be continuing our spooky Halloween, October, whatever you call it, series, and we are watching the 1988 classic... Tim Burton's Beetlejuice.
1: Beetlejuice.
0: I'm not going to do it. Anyway, I don't think it counts. I don't think it counts if, uh, if, if we alternate. If it's back and forth, yes. <laughs> yes, so I have seen this movie a yeah. uh, weirdly precious few times, mm. but you have never seen I, this movie. I have
1: never seen Beetlejuice. However, I did watch the cartoon.
0: So did I. That
1: came out. Like a year later. Probably in the very early 90s. I was very aware of the Beetlejuice cartoon, but never watched the movie
0: i think i had a similar experience where i was introduced to the tv show first Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until much much later that i actually watched the movie but this is you know this is tim burton this is one of his earlier ones this is a movie that people love yeah they love this movie yeah and it is one of those things even if you've seen it that culturally it's kind of just in the zeitgeist it is in the world people know about it and it's having a resurgence right now sure because there's a broadway musical (laughs)
1: musical (laughs) and
0: listen i don't know how much you've been paying attention to the broadway musical but it was like doing Okay. And then it was kind of this slow burn where they announced it was going to close and everybody, it was the tipping point where everybody started to go Mm. and they had, they had been on the cusp of being kicked out of the theater. They were bringing in another show Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic happened. So they actually were kind of rescued by this because they're going to be coming back soon.
1: Sure. And, and when we were, we took a vacation The last time we took a proper vacation, three years ago. No, it was 2019. Was it
0: 2019? Yeah, it was
1: 2019 for your birthday. We went to New York City. Yes. And we happened to be in that district. Yep. And we saw the Beetlejuice signs and billboards everywhere. Yes, we
0: went right for that theater. theater. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So we went there when it was still a a fairly new thing.
0: Yes. So, that's kind of what the present day account of Beetlejuice is. Yeah. But what do you know about the movie?
1: Okay, so, I'm going to make a confession here. So, it's Michael Keaton as the title character. (laughs) Uh, I did not see a Michael Keaton movie until Birdman.
0: (laughs) it possible that you got all the way into your adult life without seeing a single michael keaton movie considering the man has been in some of the most iconic roles I know. in cinematic history I know.
1: <laughs> i'm as surprised as you are <laughs> and he has kind of become he, he's had a huge resurgence absolutely huge it's it's a uh, uncanny yeah but f- since birdman came out which was kind of kind of about him but not really he fit he was, into it very well He was the well. perfect casting because it's, of his history. it's life imitating art yes or vice versa yes um he was the perfect casting for it because everybody was just taking him out of it and putting him into like wh- whatever the the birdman character is Replace Birdman with Batman.
0: Exactly, and that's
1: exactly what this what this would have fit into.
0: But Michael Keaton had been making movies yeah. at that point for thirty years. Right,
1: right. <laughs> How have and you missed this he, boat? He, <laughs> he did Birdman, which was an okay movie. We we saw that was I'd like an Oscar see it again. It won the Oscar, right? It did. It yeah. won best picture. <laughs> it won best picture. He got nominated for it, mm-hmm. uh, along with Emma Stone. Yep. Yep. After that, he followed that up with um, Spotlight. Which was my favorite movie of that year by a long shot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, yeah, he, he's just, he got into Spider-Man. he He's just been everywhere. Yes. And good on him. He's a great actor. And,
0: of course, you're aware of Batman. And you've seen yes. a couple of, yes. you've seen Batman. One we saw, him.
1: we we watched the first, you showed me the first Batman.
0: And you still haven't seen Returns. I can't nope. believe nope. I haven't made you watch this. It's coming, folks. Oh, yeah. It's coming. We,
1: I've seen the first Batman from Michael Keaton, but none of the rest of them. I haven't seen the, who are the other ones?
0: Any of the other Batman, any of the other Batman,
1: I've seen most of the of the Clooney one to, to say okay, yeah, I've seen them.
0: Oh, Batman that. and Robin, yeah. Oh, it's utter garbage, and I yeah, love it. I right. love it. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> uh, and I've seen Batman and Robin,
0: but Beetlejuice. Oh wait, no,
1: that that is Batman and Robin. Um, what's the other Batman one with Forever. Jim Carrey?
0: Batman Forever.
1: Forever. Yes. Okay. Okay, whatever. <laughs> that's anyway, we're not talking about Batman. But Beetlejuice. But Beetlejuice. I am. I mean, clearly, I knew the joke about saying the name three times. Yeah. Uh, I know one on writers in it as the girl. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I know it. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with like Halloween or anything like no, that. No, it's just Tim Burton. Just, so everybody sort of yeah, makes just it about Tim Halloween. Tim Burton being weird. <laughs> because of course that's just Tim Burton. Yes. And I I didn't see Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas until we were together yeah um, which was good i, I enjoyed that um, do you know
0: anybody else who's in this movie because i know i don't i know you know i really don't people. i
1: really don't i just, i think i know just the two
0: okay do you have any inkling of what the story is here I,
1: it's it sounds like a like a legend like the legend of beetlejuice if you say his name three times in the mirror or something he, he <laughs> appears <laughs> whatever the hell it whatever is. yeah and like like I don't know what his what his story is. I don't know what he what his job is. I I assume he's dead. Okay. <laughs> you no. Know? Um I, and I think back to the cartoon and there's all sorts of different creatures. And again, it's Tim Burton, it's going to be weird. There's going to be weird animatronics oh, yes. maybe.
0: There's black and white stripes. There's spooky sure, set pieces. I know what
1: he looks like as a character because yes. his visage is just burned into my brain. Yes. But of course, not seeing the movie I don't know. I, I honestly don't know anything more than
0: that. And is there any real reason you haven't sought out this movie up to this point? I, I'm not
1: really sure because me and my, my cousins and I growing up, they like to watch a lot of this kind these kinds of movies. Like they watch Nightmare Before Christmas and all these other Tim Burton movies. Yeah, you've
0: kind of missed the Tim Burton bite. I really did. Because we've gone through the, this list and as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. other ones that I know you haven't watched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's interesting to me.
1: Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, and I I don't... I mean, again, this came out in 88. Uh, I was born in 84. So I, I, we really didn't go and see new movies. It wasn't a thing that they ever really played on TV.
0: They probably did on, like really specific cable this is not a movie i think you'd take a four you're not you're also not gonna
1: show it on like the abc saturday movie or a friday night movie of the week or whatever it was what's
0: always interesting to me is that that's the kind of movie we're talking about and they made it into a cartoon yeah so i'll be interested to to hear what you think about that translation from Mm -hmm. this source material yeah So
1: I'm kind of curious if it's going to be another like Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of a thing where, oh, my God, how did you show this to children?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go find out. So we're going to go. We're going to watch Beetlejuice and we'll be right back. We are back. So that was Beetlejuice. Tripped. Beetlejuice? <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> what were your immediate thoughts? How did you like it?
1: So uh, that's a lot to take in. It was very 80s. Oh, yes. And very, it was very much of the time, I think, with where, like, special effects were and with, yeah. you know, the the... the Post production and things like that. I think that was about as far as they could have taken it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it works well. I think, you know, it's very silly. It's a very Tim Burton movie.
0: Well, you got to remember this. So Tim Burton had directed up to this point just one movie. He had done Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. Okay. So that was his big directorial debut, like for a major film. This is the first movie he got to do where this is like, okay, guys, this is me. Yeah. This is my kooky brain. Sure. I'm going full out on this.
1: When did Edward Scissorhands come out?
0: After this. So that came out in like 90, I think. Okay, all right. Yeah. So it kind of started the trajectory upward. But this basically sets the tone for what a Tim Burton movie is. Yeah. At least in 1988, because yeah. you've got little hints of it in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, like mm-hmm. Large Marge or whatever her name sure. is. Sure. Uh, you know, the kind of claymation, creepy yeah. stuff. That kind of
1: art style. That, that Yeah. Yeah.
0: And a lot of that carried over into this, but just went to the next level. Sure. So, yes, this is him really experimenting, really going full on. And this is also pretty early in a lot of these people's careers. So I told you there were a lot of people in this that you definitely knew. Oh, sure. This is probably the youngest you've ever seen Alec Baldwin. Definitely. Gina Davis. Yep. Catherine O'Hara. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, two years before Home Alone. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Jones. The name you didn't know, but he's somebody you've seen in other things. Sure. He's probably best known as the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Uh, but many other things, especially in the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Goulet shows up. <laughs> and Dick Cavett. And Dick Cavett. Those
1: two, I don't understand. Oh, did, were they just doing the dude a favor or something? I don't what the know. hell are they doing in this movie?
0: I have no idea why they are in this movie. <laughs> and frankly, I think the last time I watched this, or like the first time I watched this, like in high school or something. I didn't know who Dick Cavett was. No. Because I grew up hearing about Johnny Carson as the late night show host. Which there is a
1: a reference to in this movie.
0: Yeah. So I'm used to that talk show host. Sure. I didn't know there were others. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize how significant Dick Cavett was. Yeah. And the fact that he is in this is very unusual. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still alive. He's still kicking. He sure. shows up once in a while.
1: Yeah, he's he's showed up on a couple of podcasts that I listen to. Yeah, you know, he's he's just a dude hanging out. He pays attention like he always does mm-hmm. to whatever the pop culture is. But you know him him keeping current is more than I can say for myself for a lot of things. Yeah,
0: he knows what's you going know. on cuz he's in the industry. He's
1: in the industry, he's Even also if he's retired. Out of the industry. He's also very retired.
0: So yeah, he was already done with his show at this point in 1988 oh, yeah. by some years. But, but I don't know why he's here.
1: <laughs> I don't so I very much know his voice.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: know his face to a point but but I've never really seen a whole lot of his show. No. Of like clips because it it wasn't like supposed to be like entertaining to a point. He did it a was,
0: talk show in the sense that he spoke to whoever he, he wanted spoke to, to about interesting whatever he people. Wanted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't so entertaining as bringing on you know the latest singer or dancer or comedian. Right. right. He talked to interesting people. Yeah. So when you look at clips of his show. Yeah, but all of this being said, I don't know why he's in Beetlejuice. <laughs> Robert Goulet, you know, star of stage and screen. I don't know why he's in no. Beetlejuice. No, he's
1: he's a he's a, a crooner of yeah. that of that era.
0: Right. Um, this is again also kind of Winona Ryder's first big movie. She'd oh, done a 100%. couple of things before yeah. this, but this was her first like major movie role.
1: Yeah. And And then
0: Michael Keaton, he had been semi-famous in the 80s. Yeah.
1: So
0: again, He had done
1: Batman and he was kind of- No,
0: this was pre-Batman.
1: No shit.
0: Batman was 89. Wow. Yeah, this is pre-Batman, but he had done like Mr. Mom and other like comedies and things he had been known for in the 80s. Yeah. But this was very much, I think, out of left field.
1: Here's the big question. How does he go from Beetlejuice
0: to Batman? Two words. Tim Burton-
1: that's right, he did do those.
0: Tim Burton directed Batman and Batman Returns, so he did this movie. Yeah. Then he made Batman. No shit. Like, okay. You have to remember the context. He did this, right. and that really impressed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. This is a weird little movie, but it without this movie, Tim Burton doesn't do Batman.
1: And Michael Keaton isn't a isn't And Michael Keaton
0: doesn't do Batman. Yeah. Yeah, that is 100% the reason. And like... Like somebody like Wes Anderson, Tim Burton has a tendency to reuse actors.
1: You think? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, we all think about Johnny Depp specifically. Yeah. He certainly takes the cake. Well, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder's made a number. Yep. Michael Keaton made a few. Mm-hmm. So there are some recurring players. Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara has done at mm. least voice work, if nothing else, because she did a voice. She did the voice of Sally.
1: Yeah.
0: In. Uh, Night Before Christmas.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just trying to get, bring my thoughts together here because, yeah, that, that sequence of events, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. The the, the the timeline of of Tim Burton's career as well as Michael Keaton's.
0: Which is why I think this movie is so significant for so many people. It really is. Because it's sort of just that thing that really launched them off to the next level. Yeah.
1: And clearly it was successful enough mm-hmm. to really launch this movie and launch all these careers.
0: So now that you've seen this, yeah. let's talk about the cartoon. So I, like you, said, I saw the cartoon before I watched this movie. Yeah. And of course, it's a kid's cartoon show. Right. And Beetlejuice and Lydia are like cutesy little friends going on adventures. Right. Right. And that is not what happens in this movie. And so the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh, he's a really awful creature.
1: He's a villain. Creature. Yeah, he's a villain.
0: <laughs> yes. Beetlejuice
1: is the villain of this movie. He really is. And that, and I had no idea that, that we were going to get that. Like the, the, the and I don't remember hardly anything about the cartoon.
0: Oh, I don't, except that in a cartoon, you know, they're buddies. Yeah. They're buddies. Like That's they, what I remember. It's
1: basically Rick and Morty. Like they uh, so, they go on adventures of yeah. weird capacity, and
0: there's sand snakes, and there's bugs, yeah. and there's creepy yeah. ghosts and things, right? Yeah.
1: And Beetlejuice is just kind of like brushing off, brushing it off like normal, and she's this goth queen mm-hmm. uh, who's just going along with it, yeah. Which, by the way, I can see how girls your age really got into Winona Ryder and like got into their goth phase because <laughs> of her.
0: Oh yes she girl looks good in a red wedding
1: dress. <laughs> well that and she's always wearing black at the yep. beginning with the a black veil. veil.
0: She wears a number of veils yeah. and long gloves and big hats.
1: Like I understand that the whole Goth thing did not originate with Winona Ryder and her no. and her outfits here, but it got into more of her mainstream, I would suspect.
0: I think a lot of people my age at least had a phase. Of trying it out because of Winona Ryder. (laughs) Sure, sure.
1: She was kind of the the it girl for the time, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Well, and it's always uh, interesting to think about she was in this movie and then she was in Edward Scissorhands soon after. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, she's all in black. And in that movie, she's blonde and wears a lot of white. So, fun little nugget, fun little juxtaposition, if you will. Sure. And she also grew, grew the hell up. She was like 16 or something when she made this movie, but she's teeny tiny. Yeah. And then she's like a. She is a woman the next time she worked with Tim Burton. But hmm. like just a couple of years later. Sure,
1: but she still plays young.
0: Oh, she does. She's yeah. playing a teenager yeah. in, in uh Edward Scissorhands.
1: I've only seen like half of that movie.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'm going to fix that too. <laughs> like I said, we could do an entire do series of
1: thing. just Tim
0: Burton because yeah. there are a few I haven't watched and there are a ton you haven't seen. And some that you don't even think about as being Tim Burton mm-hmm. because they are not this Tim Burton. He has. Ventured right, out right. and made other kinds of movies, sure. like big fish.
1: yeah i'm I'm always surprised when I see a like Tim Burton's name on something. It's like really? That doesn't seem like him.
0: right. This one, however, is cue way... cue the start of the movie and it's a miniature model., yeah. and there's Danny Elfman at the helm oh.
1: boom boom Danny Elfman just all over this thing.
0: Oh yeah. like who else would it be? You were surprised. But no, he's been working with Danny Elfman forever. Yeah. Forever. I'm pretty sure he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: It makes sense. So as long as we're at the beginning here, let's let's talk about it. Um, the first thing, first thing, Beetlejuice is two words? Uh, no. It's... In the title... It so says it's, it's it, there is a separation there.
0: It's a little bit confusing because, of course, the title of the movie is B E E T L E J U I C E, Beetle Juice, which
1: is how a the person would. The phonetic way it is the phonetic way of how you would say it. But, but in, the movie, in the movie,
0: it is very much not. It's Beetlejuice, yeah. like the star. Like B E T E L. Yeah. G E U S E. But no American is going to read that and say Beetlejuice. No. So I get why they did it, but it is, that is a detail that has always been strange to me. Yeah. That they spell it one way in the movie and then they say it. Is that some, the title is different. Yeah.
1: Is that some suit somewhere saying, you know, I like the movie, but you gotta change the name? You got to, you got to re, re- spell the name a different way because middle America is not going to know how to, how to say that thing. They're going to think it's some weird European thing. I mean,
0: you could also have just called this something else because Beetlejuice doesn't show up for the first half hour. Uh, 40 that's minutes. like
1: halfway in my notes here. 48 minutes in the movie. That's when he, he does have... not show up. Yeah. This is, um, this movie is an hour and a half long.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> and he's the villain.
1: He's the villain. But he's the title character.
0: Correct. What the hell? Yeah, and he's disgusting. Oh sure. He's he is vile and handsy and <laughs> yeah. He's got loogies and snakes and rats in his pocket.
1: He's got he's got. I mean, okay. So if this movie was made four years later, it would be it would have starred Jim Carrey.
0: Probably. One hundred
1: percent. Probably because the energy that he is coming off. In this movie, yeah. Michael Keaton is all the way Jim Carrey.
0: You don't think about Michael Keaton in this era as this kind of actor, yeah. but he really is. Just he's very frenetic. Just, yeah. <laughs> it just
1: flows from one thing to the next and it's really well done. Yes. It's super well done. I like him as this character.
0: Well, i like when he turns it off and he's like, I studied at Juilliard and I went right. to business school and blah, blah, right. blah, and I've seen The Exorcist 167 times. Like, yeah, he he ebbs and flows with it where he brings the energy up and then down and then up and then down. And, yeah, there's not a lot of people in 1988 that maybe would have taken this role. Mm -hmm. But again, he did it and then he got to make Batman. Right. (laughs) And if you've seen Batman, this version of Batman, we talked about this uh, Mm -hmm. not on the podcast, but when we watched it because you hadn't seen it. Yeah. That movie's not about Batman. That movie's about no, the
1: Joker. Totally. <laughs> He's it's, barely in it. The, the Batman movies, my understanding is that... All of them are just, the, the villains are the star because they're the most interesting ones. Yes. Batman's just there to stop them.
0: Yeah, Batman's not very interesting. No. Especially the Michael Keaton Batman. No, Who is, when you went from Beetlejuice to Batman, he's very subdued. Yeah, He's playing a rich guy. Right, Not even a playboy, just he's very wealthy right. and stoic.
1: Right. <laughs> who can't move his neck.
0: No, not in that suit. Full body turn! Full body turn! Yep. <laughs> Um but yeah, so the beginning of the movie, you're introduced to Adam and Barbara. Yeah. So that's Alec Baldwin and, and Gina, Gina Davis, Davis looking with big hair. Looking very young and very 80s. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: and they die in a well,
1: car accident. Yeah, they, they set up. Okay, they're a married couple.
0: They're young and in love. They're
1: young and in love. They have this house that they have just fixed up like crazy. Yep. They've put their entire heart and soul into this. They love it. And not only do they do do all this, they take a two-week vacation to continue working on it.
0: Yes. But some nosy little woman from the village keeps trying to sell their house without their permission.
1: Fuck her. <laughs> She's like get, putting them on a guilt trip for you know, this this house is just too big for you. You know, it, this house really should go to a to a family with with children.
0: That's and it's like fuck you lady that's also kind of what's happening now because the market is so insane right we've been getting letters in the mail from realtors letters in the
1: mail from realtors saying we have these
0: families describing they have two kids and a dog Uh and they're looking Uh for a house that meets this criteria this is their
1: budget this is this is what they're looking for it would really help them out if you were to just sell your house to them
0: yeah no, I live here. <laughs> where am I supposed to go? Same thing as these two. What? Who? It's their house. Right. They can live where they want to live. Some people live in bigger houses. Yeah. And it's just them. Right. <laughs> we
1: live in a four-bedroom house, and it's just us. Right. So hey, fuck off, lady. <laughs> <laughs> and, any, and any other realtor who's trying to get us to sell the house. Anyway, I just wanted to have that out there for the record. I don't like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this woman has no business sending people photos of the house and trying to sell it on their behalf when they have repeatedly told her no. Right. We have no interest. We are not looking to sell. We don't need a buyer. Get off our property. Stop creeping in my basement window. Stop showing up. Fuck off, <laughs> uh, you busybody. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's who these people are. They're trying to have a kid, but have so far been unsuccessful. Right. And they just run to the village he, to get something. He,
1: he runs uh, the hardware store in town. Yep. They run to they run to the store, which is maybe like a mile, yeah, two miles, uh, from where they live in this
0: podunk historic village. Yeah,
1: in Connecticut. Yes. Yeah. So they go run to the store to get some hardware from the store that he owns, goes in, grabs it, comes back. And before we even get to what happens, the, you saw that there, that dog that they almost hit that killed him, they almost hit again. Yes, the dog is just wandering around. When they
0: get into town. Yes, they slowed down and had a chance to get out of the way right. of the dog. Right.
1: As they're like saying hi to, that to, to the That dog is a menace to this it small really town. It really is. It really is. And, Someone yeah. put that dog on a leash. Yeah. And as they're leaving, they almost hit the dog again, and they swerve to get out of the way, and they run through this covered bridge mm-hmm. over a very small creek. It looked very small from the beginning, but then the car goes down into it, and then oh, that's apparently really, really deep.
0: Uh, it's deep enough, and they land upside down. It kills them.
1: It's true. They drown.
0: Yep. But they get back-yeah, so very dark. Yeah. Very dark. But it's also very funny because the dog is like standing on a, a broken board right. holding right. them aloft. Very and when, cartoonish. When the dog moves, that's what makes them fall into the water. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like we need to get these characters taken care of very quickly. Like happy and alive, very dead. <laughs> And yeah, they get back to the house and they don't know how they got there. Yeah. And they realize that, you know, they, her fingers start on fire and he decides to go outside but ends up in this vast desert. Yeah, so this what did, void. What did you think she, of the void?
1: Yeah, she can't see herself in, in a mirror. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, he's gone. He Weird goes things into,
1: happening with the fire. He
0: goes into the void and yeah. he's gone for seconds, but she says you've been gone for two hours and it's now nighttime. Right. So what do you think of the void?
1: So the, like visually, I think them in in the desert void area thing, whatever that happens to be, is is a is a well, what I said about the um, the special effects yes. being as good as they could have been for eighty eight. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm referring to.
0: Yeah, yep. And you kind of get there's um there's some mix of computers, green screen, and then the uh, and the stop motion, the stop stuff. motion yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and. He doesn't get a good look at it at that moment because she pulls him back. But, yeah, they pretty much establish pretty quickly that they're dead because they have a book. Right. (laughs) This is a handbook for the recently deceased. (laughs) And they quickly figure out, I don't think we made it out of the car crash. (laughs) So that's where we start. Yeah. And they're basically just trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And meanwhile, nosy Miss What's-Her-Butt has sold their house. And very this, quickly. Very quickly. And this new family is moving in. So it's Charles and Delia Dietz and well, their daughter Lydia. And they're uppity New York types who mm-hmm. have decided to move to Connecticut to get away from the city. Yes. To move uh into the countryside and relax.
1: Yeah, and he seems to work as some kind of real estate.
0: Yeah, he's like a developer. It seems like, yeah. and they make some mention at one point that he had like a nervous breakdown, right. and that's why they're moving here. Right. But of course, his wife is Catherine O'Hara, who is who is given
1: stupter. us
0: given us little hints of some of her roles to come. She's uh-huh. a little manic and crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, she hates it. But Lydia's like, I could live here. This is all right.
1: Well, basically, Lydia says, well, if she hates it, then I love it. Yeah. Because <laughs>
0: stepmom. Because it's her stepmom. Stepmom, yeah. Exactly. And so the the couple is wanting to get this family out of their house. So that's yeah. the premise of this movie. Yeah. So they are dead. There's a new horrible family mm-hmm. ruining their house. Mm-hmm. And I have a question about this. All right. And I thought about this while I was watching. This woman sold their house. Why did she leave all their stuff in the house? Hmm. All their books, all their furniture, their wedding dress and tuxedo. Mm. All of this stuff is just in the house. You sold it as is.
1: Well, and and the, the house gets sold very quickly, right? Yeah. So how long have they even been dead?
0: Well, they make th- a mention th- of a they... couple of months. Yeah. But it's basically... To them, no time at all. I would say it's the the one to two months. Sure.
1: Which, we've bought houses before. Escrow usually takes about two months. Yeah. So from the time they're dead, how did they go through whatever paperwork and bureaucracy that it has to to just get put on to the market and be offered to this? To Now, the woman even said, the realtor even said, that they were showing it to a couple in, in New York. I assume it's the same people.
0: Uh, They they could have been. They could have been, now that you say that, yes. Yeah. So they might have already had the offer on the table. But sure. you're right, because it's like, when you die, you have to settle all of your estates, and they right. don't have any kids. Yeah, they so have it, no children. Their family has to get involved, what right. family they might have. Right,
1: the family would have to get we're involved. We're going to poke plot holes in this. It's like, I, Again, again... We have bought houses before, it takes time and-
0: Especially if you're dead. Sure. If you died, they have to settle your estate before that house can just be sold.
1: Exactly. Like where is the money going to?
0: Who, who bought that? Who was getting the money from that house? Right.
1: That it's sale. Like the realtor doesn't- not- And
0: their house is full of their stuff. They didn't <laughs> get rid of their stuff. What is up with this? Okay, okay.
1: so we, when we bought this house, the woman who was living here was an older woman. She had an accident in the, in the house, didn't die. No,
0: not, she just was too old to be alone in the house. She was too old to be
1: alone in the house. They put her up in an assisted living center, and the family came in and cleared out the house. Quote, asked, unquote, cleared asked out. Asked us if there was anything that we really wanted to, to have stay. Stuff that wasn't attached. Um, she had this like uh, ping pong table in the basement. There was a... Uh, curio cabinet stuck in the corner upstairs. There's a big, ca- a couple of cabinets in the basement. Well, no, like they... bigger items They
0: that- asked us if they wanted, if we wanted to keep anything, and we said no. Right. But the kids got lazy, and yeah. they just
1: left it. And they left, like, three or four big items in the house. No,
0: the ping pong table, thank God, went. Yeah. That would have been too much yeah. to handle. We, we had
1: no use I for I would
0: have called and table. yelled at somebody. If it was
1: a pool table, we would have kept it, but, meh. Nah. We're not into that. But yeah, they left a bunch of stuff in the house and, you know, we could have sold a lot of it. We could have just taken it to the dump, but yeah, whatever.
0: (laughs) We'll use an extra cabinet. Sure. Who cares? But
1: yeah, in, in this case, they leave everything. Right. Which, you know, I get, but it's a much bigger pain in the ass to try to get rid of things.
0: That's what I'm saying. I didn't understand it. It just bothered me. And I know yeah, it's a I'm movie and I I'm shouldn't get you. fixated on something stupid like that. But there I am it. Well,
1: and, and because it is about them w- wanting to get rid of the new owners, that makes more sense. Because mm-hmm. if they're gone, hey, everything's still here.
0: Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got these awful New York people and they bring their awful New York designer <laughs> who just starts, you know, spray painting up the house with the different colors and rip out this wall and get rid of that and do this. Well,
1: I'll say this. They really needed to rip out some walls in that house because, good God, everything was wallpaper.
0: It was it was a lot. Everything
1: was the same wallpaper. It was
0: like an old... 1930s kind of wallpaper hideous top to bottom hideous yes it certainly needed an update oh my god but of course they're all in the house and nobody can see these two ghosts yes that are in there well and they have the book the
1: handbook for recently deceased people but they can't really make hide nor hair of it no it's it's worded in a very obtuse way and they just don't get it. And they're not really taking the time to study it.
0: Either. no, they're lazy ghosts. They're just <laughs> trying to you know do things like, you know, appear in closets as if they would hung themselves and she chops off his head. And well, they certainly learn how to do all that. They're just making it up as they go, but yeah. they don't do it. No, the, uh, the line that I loved about the redesign, mm-hmm. Catherine O'Hara screaming, if you don't let me gut this house, I will go insane and I will take you with me. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's little moments of when we get to see manic Catherine O'Hara, who yes. I love. I love her and I love when she gets to be a little nuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think she does too
0: oh yes oh yes we've grown accustomed to letting her loose (laughs) so yeah it's not working they haven't read the book they aren't trying very hard uh but lydia can see them they find out that lydia can see them yeah and no one else can and then they're like well what do we do i don't understand what's happening and there's an ad in their book for Beetlejuice. Yeah. So basically he's a bio exorcist who's trying to get their business. And then he has like a cheesy commercial that shows it up on the It just shows TV. up on TV.
1: That was really good. Like the, <laughs> the, the, the used car salesman type of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Infomercial. Oh, yeah. Act now and you'll throw in a demon possession. What do you want
0: me to do? I'll do anything. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> that bit's funny. Um, but they can't figure it out. They're not trying very hard. So they have to go seek help and they basically have to, in the book, what little they've read, it says, draw a door in the event of an emergency and knock three times. Mm -hmm. So they knock and they go into this like weird, the, whatever the underworld is waiting room, right? (laughs) Right. waiting room of the under, of the undead. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's essentially what it is.
0: And they sit there for, apparently two months because the time all works weird yeah
1: when you're in the underworld time it gets gets a little fucked up
0: yep and they have a caseworker who tells them shut the fuck up and figure it out on your own pretty much so they basically have this whole world where they're just like left
1: there and she also warns them don't call on beetlejuice no he's a troublemaker he used to be my assistant and all he did was fuck things up
0: and he just got into more trouble and more trouble exactly now he's hanging out in your cemetery right so just you know i gotta warn you yeah. but yeah they just sort of die and they're left with a book uh-huh. and they aren't good at studying it and they don't bother explain no one explains it to them like mm-hmm. this whole being dead thing mm-hmm. and they are going to be there bring, for
1: they also bring something up where like when they're going through that funky hallway mm-hmm. and there's a janitor there telling him what what's beyond this door they open up this door and it's a bunch of what do they call it dead spirit it's basically exercised, exercised dead spirits i guess mm-hmm. and this is what dead people look like when they die
0: yeah they're just kind of floating in the ether because there's right. nowhere else for them to go. Right.
1: They introduce this, but never bring it up again.
0: No. Uh, and we find out that they're going to be ghosts for 125 years. Mm-hmm. Why that number? I don't know. Eh. But they have 125 years to figure their shit out. <laughs> yeah.
1: And they, they're lucky because I guess they die in their home or near their home. So they get to haunt their own home.
0: Yes. Yes, they are, they are allowed to stay there, but it's up to them to get these people out. If you want them right. out, get them out yourself. Well, otherwise,
1: you got to d- d- learn the, to live with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, while they disappear, Lydia gets a hold of their handbook. Mm-hmm. So she reads it and understands it
1: all. Right. Well, and she even says, well, the reason I can see you is because I'm a little weird, too.
0: Yeah. Which is fine. I'm strange. Yeah. And people ignore the strange. Sure. <laughs> But, yeah, so they try a couple of different things, like they're, they're uh, wearing sheets and moaning. Yeah. And, of course, Lydia thinks it's her, her dad and her stepmom having sex. Right. I'm a
1: child. I'm a child, knock it off. Would
0: you stop that and taking their picture? If you're going to do kinky sex you know, <laughs> do it in your own bedroom. Right. They're literally wearing sheets and looking like ghosts and And then cutting the holes out for the eyes. But of course she can see them and she is, you know, non, she's just completely unfazed. Well, and she
1: also picks up one of the Polaroids that she takes, which by the way, Polaroids. That's right. She took
0: several in a row.
1: (laughs) Well, and she picks it up and uh, it wouldn't be developed that quickly. It it wouldn't show up that quickly, Betsy. <laughs> but you you discount that, whatever. But yeah, it's an instant photo for you kids out there who don't know what the fuck a Polaroid is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a a photo you take and a thing prints out and it's all it's just develops automatically.
0: Yeah, they look like anyway. shit. They've and, always and looked they, like and shit, and they look
1: like crap. Yeah, uh, but they can see. She looks at it and says, "Oh, there are no legs here." Yeah. Lieutenant Dan,
0: <laughs> you ain't got no legs. Because, um, yeah, they, they can... The camera picks up the sheets because they have physical form, but the the ghosts yeah. do not. They do not have
1: corporeal form.
0: That's right. So, she figures out there's these ghosts here. She tries to tell her, her stepmom. Yeah. And they, of course, she doesn't believe her. Of course. And she says, shut up, I'm having a dinner party. We're going to have a dinner party.
1: Right. And... We also find out that yeah, they were waiting in that waiting room for months, and they were able to just redo the entire house in that time.
0: It looks like like a fucking haunted house now, in the sense that it's ironic and like black and gray. It is
1: again colorless, hideous. I would have rather have the old way.
0: Yes. At least the old way. It looked like you were living in an old house. I don't know what the fuck this one. No. She is an artiste though, and she has an artiste designing for her. She
1: thinks she's an artist.
0: Yes, she is a sculptor, and it is dangerous.
1: Her <laughs> sculpture
0: is danger. Mm. And, uh, hang on, I lost my chair. That. Oh, it's about this point in the movie where we finally meet Beetlejuice. Yeah. So they know they have to say his name three times mm-hmm. to get him to appear. Mm-hmm. But in the scenario of the ghost, they end up being kind of zapped into the model mm-hmm. up in the attic. Yeah. And they have to dig up his grave. Right. So he's literally in a cemetery with an a, pl- uh, a gravestone mm-hmm. a headstone mm-hmm. pointing down that says here he is here he's is. here and so they start digging I liked this little bit because of course it's a model and they did right. it it's all, all to stylo- yeah it's
1: all the styrofoam stuff and other yeah. other materials the grass
0: is foam so yeah. they pull the foam up yeah. and then they're digging and it's little bits it's like of cardboard, cardboard yeah. and paper yeah. and just like I
1: and I didn't get that to uh, at the beginning but I think as the time went on I did get it
0: that it like, was
1: wh- like it like it was the model itself. It yes. wasn't just some weird thing that he was making.
0: No, they were actually the model that Adam was playing yeah, with yeah, at yeah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because again, they left all their stuff there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, like I said earlier, Beetlejuice is awful. He uh-huh. is he is manic and creepy and handsy and disgusting. Uh-huh. <laughs> So of course Gina Davis quickly decides, no, no, change my mind. Nope, not we're doing done. it. We're, we're done. We're not healthy.
1: Nope, you're no.
0: <laughs> we can do this on our own. We're gonna do it. Here we go. Yep. And so they have the dinner party, and of course at the dinner party we get the scene that probably everybody, if you've seen a scene from Beetlejuice, this is the scene, is when she starts lip singing to Dayo, Daylight Come, and Me One Go Home.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> This is a very famous scene. Very famous. Had you seen this scene? No. How? Trent! If no. there's anything from this movie, there's like about three moments I can think of that I've okay. seen out of context. So
1: out of context, from this movie, I have seen most of the scenes where Beetlejuice is on screen, uh-huh. except for the endings. Yeah. Like him in the graveyard. Um, him talking, him with, saying with
0: showtime, kids. showtime. Yeah. yeah that's, it's that's showtime. one thing.
1: Uh, and at the very end when Lydia is on, on the strings and dancing to the other song that plays at the end of the movie. Yep. I saw that,
0: but you hadn't Otherwise, seen the I dinner hadn't, scene.
1: I never seen the dinner scene.
0: Ever. That's insane to me. Nope. That is absolutely insane because most people, when they're like, tell me a scene in Beetlejuice, this is probably the one. they. Sure. Think and of. it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, they basically possess all the people at the dinner party right. and make them dance and sing and shake their ass yeah. and beat drums. And then the shrimp in the bowls become human hands and like shove them their faces.
1: Sure. And the point of that is to scare them away. But instead,
0: yes, they loved it. They loved it. It was great. It was oh, fun. this is great. There's ghosts in our house and we can like any good capitalist bank on them. Right. <laughs> it was-
1: Let's buy up the entire town. Have this be this haunted thing. Have this be this haunted we'll thing. Make
0: it the, we'll make it the paranormal like center of the world, yeah. basically. We're going to have everybody come here, and there's going to be this, and there's going to be that, and let's get that developer down here. He's going to buy up the whole town. Robert Goulet,
1: let's get down here.
0: <laughs> That's right. Robert Goulet, come on. This is great. We've got ghosts. <laughs> but of course, Dick Cavett and all the other people just kind of are like, I need proof. Really? That wasn't enough? You were literally possessed? I want to see a ghost. And you didn't? Okay. That's... You are really not easily impressed, are you? No.
1: And I think... So this movie does a bad job, I think, of... What am I trying to say? Convincing the audience that the people in the movie are serious.
0: Well, that's if, if that
1: makes sense, because this is a ridiculous thing happening to them and they're not reacting to it whatsoever. Not appropriately. Not anyway. appropriately. No. Now, if everybody if everybody reacted the same way, I would have a different opinion. But some people are way into it and some people are not. I, I don't know it, the the reactions are not natural to me. I know it's a movie, but damn it. That's that's just weird.
0: I think that's part of why people like it is they don't act like normal people. Yeah. Everybody in this movie who's supposed to be normal is also a little bit weird. Yeah. That's sort of a Tim Burton thing. And there's certain movies that by all rights should have been Tim Burton. Mm. And when you find out they're not, it's really disappointing. It's like you could make a list, the best Tim Burton movies that Tim Burton had nothing to do with. Oh, sure. I'm sure those (laughs)
1: lists exist. Um, but like the th- the the original couple Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, them just kind of going along with it and like finding out how to cut their head off and like hang themselves and do the possession thing without actually being on screen. Um, what else? And uh, near the end, they make all these like ridiculous faces. Yeah, they, they manipulate their their heads into this these creatures yeah, like they
0: get it but they yeah, they have no reason not, for understanding it
1: right like how did you decide on that right and these, why these people are like total squares they shouldn't know how to scare people like this <laughs> and is it just all in the book i i, I don't know i don't know when it's, you die it just seems you become unearned. awesome
0: i guess <laughs> i guess
1: i guess uh but it, it just seems unearned to me yeah and that's the other opinion. reason, and that's the and, the and the reason why I think it, it end, ends up working is because I know what Tim Burton is. 1988, no one knew what Tim Burton was gonna be.
0: Which I think, again, is why this movie is popular or probably just as much disliked because sure. they didn't get Everything it. Everything
1: was completely novel at the time. Yes. Tim yeah.
0: Burton came in and said, here's this goofy-ass movie.
1: I'm going to create this this genre of film, yes. a Tim Burton movie.
0: I'm making a Tim Burton movie. What the fuck does that mean in 1988? Ask
1: me again in 40 years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, good God. Please don't remind me of the time. <laughs> Yeah, so they're failing. It's not going well. Otho, Define, Otho, Ortho, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Yeah. He finds the handbook for the recently deceased. They all go up to the attic. And he's
1: kind of like in.
0: He's into the paranormal.
1: Sure. Yeah. For some reason, somebody had to be.
0: Right. So he finds the handbook. They all go up to the attic and they're not there because they're hanging out the window. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to come out. The ghost are (laughs) shine. And, yeah, they basically decide they're going to cash in on this and they've got to get the ghosts involved. Yeah. But that's not really going their way. But at some point here, they don't show it, but my assumption is that Barbara again summons Beetlejuice because he gets out and he manifests himself as a snake with his creepy face. Right. And attacks the Dietzes they have to get him back in the box as, as it were by saying his name three times. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't quite understand how he was able to do that. Unless I mean,
1: the only thing I can think of is that he can operate within the house, but he's not free. Right. So they already said his name three times. I think that's probably enough to get, to get him activated, so to speak.
0: Yeah. So he can muck about even if they didn't ask him to. Right. I was trying to figure that part out because it's like, Well, is he supposed to be able to just show up like a (laughs) snake? I don't know. I don't know. But he shows up and actually terrifies some people a little bit. So he has some success there. Uh, But they get him back to the cemetery and kind of locked up. But they get summoned back to the office. Barbara and Adam get summoned back uh, by Juno their caseworker yeah, and she's like you gotta quit fucking around with this guy Mm -hmm. he is not any good he is all trouble and while they're gone is when lydia kind of decides she's gonna throw herself from the building (laughs) right (laughs) which i don't understand this like she just goes all she goes full like Dramatic, emo, Uh and she's writing a suicide note. She's going to fling herself from the top of the house. But she had
1: to make the suicide note completely perfect, Betsy.
0: Yes. The correct language, the correct words. Yes. It must be perfect. Correct. But she finds Beetlejuice, and she sets him free. So he tells her, you know, well, I can't tell you my name. She has no idea who this, this guy is. Right. And he convinces her to let him go. Now, this is the piece... Um, To go back to the musical for a minute, the song that takes place during this uh, is kind of all over the Internet. Every time I go on Instagram, I feel like I'm like scrolling through and I hear this particular song and I was trying to remember because I haven't seen this movie in a long time, how it relates back. Like they literally do a game of charades in the song. So they Mm -hmm. really do draw from this movie pretty directly (laughs) i would hope so so maybe later i'll show you that clip but i was thinking of that song in this because i've heard it so many times now (laughs)
1: okay yeah you'll have to show me that
0: so yeah they play a game of charades she gets his name she says it three times twice
1: no twice
0: she says it twice. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because, because they then they show back, up. They come
1: back in from the afterworld yeah. with the faces.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you. And so they say, "Don't, no, don't do it. Don't no. do it because it's not worth it. Right. We'll you, figure you,
1: it out. Right. You, we'll, we'll figure something out. You, don't kill yourself.
0: Yeah, don't do that.
1: Um, and we'll figure things out. But after that is when the parents bring... Robert Goulet and his ilk into the house to do a
0: seance. Yep. So they move the model downstairs. Yeah. Well, the first he, first, down. first, the
1: dad does a presentation, yep. the real estate presentation. He can buy <laughs> up the whole town. Gonna buy up the whole town and do all this shit. He's not impressed by that. So we'll do something else. Yep. So what's his name is going to do a seance and you have to have a piece of uh, a personal effect from the deceased.
0: Right. So again, plot point the house was full of their stuff. Yep. They got rid of all their
1: stuff in the remodel. But they kept the wedding dress and the wedding suit? Yes. Maybe they just didn't do anything with that closet. I don't know. It's too small. It's too small to do anything with Betsy. I don't know. But you just keep that in there. Why I'm not? just
0: going to keep keep harping on this plot hole. <laughs> I agree with you. So they do it and the two of them get sucked into their wedding clothing and they start getting old. My assumption here is this is basically like them being exercised and they're going to really die and yeah. go to that void. I have to imagine that's Maybe the purpose that's of Maybe that's what that
1: is. Yeah. Like they
0: had to show that earlier for it to make sense later why mm-hmm. they're getting all old and rotten and decrepit. Yeah. So at this point is when Lydia summons Beetlejuice yeah. and all hell breaks loose. Sure. And the last sequence goes really fast. Yeah. Like he gets out and just terrifies everybody, well, terrorizes everybody. And
1: before she even does that, he tells her, okay, well, I, I'll, I'll come out and help you, but you need to marry me.
0: Yeah. There's like this rule. I want to get out for good. Right. It's like a
1: green card. Right. <laughs> and he,
0: yeah, that's how he explains it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he he busts free, and he stops the seance, so it basically saves Adam yeah. and Barbara from sure mm-hmm. demise. Mm-hmm. He blasts Robert Goulet through the ceiling, mm-hmm. and we don't see him again. Nope. God knows where he ended up. Eh. Uh, the other guy, who is the designer, yeah. his worst nightmare is a polyester suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's the, is it just... The reason why he's upset is just what he got put into. It's a polyester
0: suit. I mean, I get that. It's awful. Of course. He's a fashionable man with taste. Yes, that is a terrible idea for him to be in that suit. Sure. Okay, according to himself, he has taste. Fine. And then they jump right into the wedding and everybody starts saying his name but being stopped. So Adam is shrunk down and thrown into the model mm-hmm. and barbara says it but then ends up in the the vast void the desert yeah and during the wedding you know beetlejuice is taking out like snakes and crap from his pocket to find the way it, wedding was, it was a funny scene it was and it's just you know building the tension like we got to stop this guy we got to stop this guy and yeah. everybody is unsuccessful in yeah. saying his name yeah yeah and barbara saves the day by riding the sand snake Through the desert into the house and swallows Beetlejuice
1: whole. Sure.
0: Uh, Which, of course, they don't really say the name Sand Snake except in the beginning. They show Beetlejuice Beetlejuice from behind. He's reading the newspaper.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, they don't really explain why they're there or what they're for. Yeah. Other than if you leave your designated area, these guys will fuck with you. Sure. (laughs) So yeah, it all ends just as quickly as it started. Mm-hmm. The climax of the movie is like six minutes. Yeah. It's very very quick. They basically all decide to live together. So mm-hmm. the ghosts are now able to be seen mm-hmm. by everybody in the house. They decide they're going to live, con- you know, in the house together. Lydia goes to school. They also change the house. All oh yeah, again. They 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 put up the nasty wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> that's a choice they made trent and they've made it again <laughs> so they remodeled the downstairs at least to look more like it did before mm-hmm. they're all going to be one big happy family and you know they help lydia and she's kind of the daughter they never had so they're like how was this test and how was that and how'd you right. do
1: they're like helping her with her schoolwork and yeah And like her reward for getting an A in math is, hey, we're going to have a funky party yep, and we're going to float you up and you're going to dance to this. Shake, 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 Sonora, shake, right? (laughs) You know, you know, that's it is a way to end the movie. I I, I just I don't know how else to end the movie.
0: The climax of the movie, it's basically like. Everything, everything, everything. And then the movie's over. It's, it's very just kind of you quickly get one wrapped scene,
1: up. You get one scene with Beetlejuice in in the waiting room again. Yeah. And there's a funny scene with him and a, a couple other people in there. And his head gets shrunk and, you know, that's kind of he's, the end.
0: He's dead, so you can't. he can't get any deader. So right. he's just in there waiting for his punishment, I guess. Right.
1: And, of course, this is before every single movie is sequelized. Yep. So you could have set up a sequel.
0: Oh, they've talked about doing one. Yeah. They've talked about doing one now, right. 33 years later. Right. And it's like, please don't. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Please don't. I'd rather you didn't. Well, again, Michael Keaton is hot again. so I get it. But just some movies really, honestly, Hollywood, I promise you, it doesn't He's need a sequel. He's going to be
1: in the fucking Flash movie as Batman. Is I he think. really? Yeah how i don't know why i don't care about dc Um,
0: so yeah this movie just sort of ends like they wrap it up very quickly there's a funny joke there's people flying lydia gets gets to have her her awful step-parent and awful father and then she also gets to live with these fun ghosts who she actually really likes sure and everyone lives happily ever after. And like the dad is like seen reading a book that's the handbook for like coexistence for the recently Something deceased like and the still alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And all of it, it it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah. I don't think this is my by any means my favorite Tim Burton movie. There's other ones I like a lot more. Yeah. I think I'm always surprised when I go back to this one, just I really don't like Beetlejuice. He's an awful person, but I also love
1: him. <laughs> I like his scenes. I think I he's like, funny. I
0: like Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, but yeah. Beetlejuice himself is awful. Yeah. He's disgusting and vile and handsy, like I said before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me that someone watches me. He says the F word. Right.
1: That was the This other... is a PG movie. This is a fucking PG movie. And he says fucking in it
0: he does what he does what and so then somebody looked at this character and thought he would make a great cartoon right he's a good role model for the youth of today well you know when you look at the cartoon
1: itself he looks about the same way yeah. he looks awful that
0: striped suit is so fucking iconic it is it is and iconic. And he only wears
1: it at the very end
0: yeah the one scene right mm-hmm. at the end of the movie mm-hmm. is the only time you see him in the black and white pinstripes. Mm-hmm.
1: But it fits. It's it's on all the posters.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: in the cartoon. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, we've we've not talked about this on here and you know, so last year at my at my job, they had this commission, if you will. They wanted to do a Tim Burton art display and they asked people at work to put a piece together. And I was asked who is your favorite Tim Burton character? And I said, Tim Burton. (laughs) Because it's true. I mean, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. The whole
1: movie is just him. But
0: it's all coming from this guy's brain. So I did a piece that involved a lot of black and white stripes. And that was kind of a recurring theme in everybody's pieces. Because it's just so quintessentially Tim Burton. When Mm -hmm. you think Tim Burton, you think of Beetlejuice that's where it began and it carries through it's like these spooky black and white and then little pops of color Mm -hmm. it's that way in batman it's that way in uh you know nightmare before christmas corpse bride corpse bride yeah Yeah. it's all coming from the same place like he has he does a lot of drawings and Tim Burton is an artist in his own right, too. Mm-hmm. Like, And they're all these creepy little wide-eyed sketches. That's
1: all unique stuff. It's so unique. It doesn't unique. look like anything else no. out there.
0: And that's why his movies are such visual, interesting things. Yeah. And this is the first time he got to run wild with it. So I think there's a lot of qualities to this movie and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons. It is an important movie for those facts. If
1: nothing else, I I would say that. It is an important movie for the future of the Tim Burton
0: franchise. Yes. For Tim Burton himself, for everything he made after. And
1: everything he touched. It put him on the map. Because there are a lot of movies out there that he was involved in Mm -hmm. that he did not direct. Yeah. Which is why, you know, anytime there's a movie that he touches, even if he doesn't direct it, they make sure to put his name on it somewhere. Right. Produced by. Well, written yeah. by. Like or Nightmare anything. Before
0: Christmas, it's kind of not really his thing, but it's all it's all his thing. <laughs> sure. He just
1: didn't direct it.
0: No. Yeah. Nope. But I...
1: I so me coming in for the first time seeing this i i like it it's fine there are there are a lot of funny parts to it there just needed to be more beetlejuice Mm -hmm. honestly 48 minutes into an to an hour and a half movie and you're not showing me the main character till then yeah and you're not even showing me who the who the antagonist is
0: he's not the main character that's the whole thing he's not yeah and uh, he's the MacGuffin.
1: (laughs) i guess i guess so that that's about all I can really say about it, is that there needed to be more of the main character.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe so. that's why we get more in other forms. Why we have a show, why there's a musical, why this is having yeah. more of a connection now with people. Maybe. This many years later, all of a sudden, Beetlejuice is relevant relevant again. And you wouldn't think, again, that this would make a musical... But you'd be amazed when you can make him musical and have it be successful. Well, we talked about it in the last episode there's an American Psycho musical. Right. <laughs> That's two of these that are now musicals.
1: But yeah, me never seeing this, I I knew most of the references, like the famous scenes and the famous um, sayings, like the Showtime, it's Showtime or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a very Jim Carrey. Just him just pulling out a slogan for a movie. <laughs> but anyway,
0: five years before Jim Carrey, <laughs> she, right?
1: But I think that's where we're going to leave it today. Betsy. We do have an email to read before we, uh, end this thing, uh, from Mitch. Hi, Mitch. Mitch Saskatoon, Mitch, uh, about the hurt locker. Let's, let's get out of the Halloween mode and go back <laughs> to, back to wartime. Betsy, uh, from Mitch about the hurt locker. Hello. I was able to play the home version of Never Seen It Again this past week for the film The Hurt Locker. It is much more fun when I can experience everything along with you guys. So, yeah. If you want to do the same thing. If, you've, if you've never seen the movie, do the same thing. Listen to the intro. Go and watch the movie when we do. And come right back. There you go. And play the rest. That's the home game, folks. Everybody gets a copy of the home game. <laughs> um... He continues, I would agree that this film is very unique, not having seen many of the Marvel movies, Canada's way behind. Uh, I was able to see many of these actors for the first time in major roles and made my experience a pleasant one. Uh, The things I learned from this film that is Jeremy Renner is fantastic and and that I am not made for war. (laughs) I now have a much greater appreciation for those that have and do serve
0: absolutely yeah
1: uh the term we're gonna learn something here bassy the term "heart locker" is apparently slang for when a person is in a place of deep pain and depression so it really does fit the movie we were both wrong about that
0: i told you it meant something though sure. i just didn't know what it meant yeah and i never bothered looking up. so thank you mitch of course
1: we can't be bothered all in all it is still only my second favorite movie that takes place in Iraq. The first is The Men Who Stare at Goats. (laughs) Good to watch when you want to see something ridiculous. We thought about seeing this movie a long time ago when it was brand new.
0: I've seen this once.
1: You did? I, didn't I know saw
0: that. this, I think, right before you and I started dating. Okay. But I've only seen it that one time, so it's been a full decade. Okay. I remember enjoying it, so I would like to revisit it sometime. It's a
1: George Clooney, is it not? Yes. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe Ewan McGregor is the other big star there. God, I don't know. It's a lot of people you know, and it's a movie that has kind of been forgotten.
1: <laughs> sure. I think it got kind of mixed reviews, too, so which I, I wasn't that into.
0: I, I remember liking it, but I don't remember anything about it. Okay.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Mitch continues. At some point in the past, you talked about movies where men could cry. I believe it was Feel the Dreams. Well, here is a list of some top movies men can cry in. Which is the most tear-worthy for men and which is the least tear-worthy? And he lists some movies here, which I will read now. Uh, first being Rudy, Goodwill Hunting, Stand By Me, Shawshank Redemption, and Dead Poet Society. And he, he ends uh, until next time, DC Mitch. Distinguished contributor, Mitch. Right. DC Mitch. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so I think those are pretty common movies that men bring up about. Oh, you're gonna have a good cry at this. But for different sure.
1: reasons. I mean, and I and I, I thought of like old Yeller would be another one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, we talked about field of dreams. That's obviously one. It's when it's very familiar. Sure. I think it's either when it's something that you can recognize and you've felt in your life. So like Stand By Me is about boys. Who are friends. Yeah. Like it's about deep friendship. Yeah. And if you've ever had a group of really good friends, that'll probably make you cry. Sure. Uh, Shawshank Redemption is grown men friendship, mm-hmm. and that'll probably make you cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um,. Rudy, it's sport ball, and it'll probably make you cry. <laughs> you know, for all different reasons. Goodwill Hunting. You talked about this. This one always gets to you.
1: There is one moment in Goodwill Hunting that always gets to me. Yeah, every single time. It is one of my favorite movies, and it's the moment at the very end. Spoilers for Goodwill Hunting. As at the very end, Will, uh, where uh, Will and his his therapist they get together for the final time. And the therapist is giving him his final evaluation they have of a him.
0: breakthrough. Basically, they
1: essentially have a breakthrough and he keeps saying, Hey, you know what? All this stuff in this, in these results here, I don't give a fuck about it, man. This, this is nothing. That's your past. That's your past. You got a future here. And none of this stuff in this pamphlet is your fault. Mm-hmm. And he keeps on saying it. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah, it's not your fault, yeah. and he finally, finally gets he through to him, him, and he gets to him, and right there, I always break down. Yeah, that 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 moment right there is just two great actors really, really selling it.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's not giving up on him, and that's yep. you know it's that thing, and same thing with. Dead Poet Society, you haven't seen this yep. one. Another Robin Williams movie. Yep. It's about having a mentor. It's yeah. about having somebody who believes in you yeah. and somebody, who you believe in you them. You can
1: really, really look up to this yes. person. I, I know about the movie. I haven't seen all of it since, I think they showed it to us in middle school. I don't remember anything about mm-hmm. it. But But yeah. yeah, I
0: think that that is a group of movies where it has something that, is familiar yeah. and that's why it makes you cry mm-hmm. i think there are plenty of other movies that probably make grown men cry for various reasons sure
1: and i can i can think of two right off the top of my head being one that we very recently covered on this show which was the father
0: oh god i yeah
1: fucking bald at that movie yeah
0: that was like hard to get through that,
1: again coming from a very familiar place a very personal place and it's it was devastating
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, I think i even broke down during the episode if you want to go back and listen to that <laughs> so you know that that's one for me and the other one i thought of was manchester by the sea
0: oh god no No,
1: I'm not going to talk about it because Betsy will probably cry a lot (laughs) more than me. I have seen this movie.
0: If this is this, file this under a category of tremendous movie. I only need to see once because I I saw it so many years ago, and it has devastated me since. I cannot bring myself to watch this movie again. Yeah, because it's just too raw, too real, and shocking. And I was bawling in the theater, like sobbing. I when I'm crying in the movie theater, it's rare that I'm like full body sobs. This one was intense. And yeah, I think you were crying too you were getting really worked up yeah. and I'm sure many other grown men were as well. yeah but yeah, I think I'd have to think a lot more about other examples. I think people cry over various things and it's it's hard to explain. It mm-hmm. is hard to know the thing that's going to set you off. Well,
1: and and you mentioned before Pixar movies for you. Yes. If they just hit you right in the feels. And they those, don't let you go. They're
0: designed
1: to do that. <laughs> exactly. And and a lot of this that stuff I don't like saccharin movies. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like movies that are meant and and written and shot and everything is just to to elicit that emotion from you and that's it. Yeah, it's not earned. These other movies, they earn it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's uh, me me as a grown man. As I get older, I I, I cry a lot uh, sooner than I would I what I normally would mm-hmm. at, in my youth, but. You know those are the movies that will get me every time.
0: To go back to that list, I've never seen Rudy. Nor have I. <laughs> sorry, sorry guys. I know what happens sorry, because it's kind of notorious. Oh yeah, I for, know what happens for what happens in this movie, uh, but I've not actually watched it. <laughs> sorry guys.
1: <laughs> and, and Shawshank is just one of the best movies of all time. Oh my God,
0: you gotta see Shawshank Redemption. Please. If
1: if you haven't Please. seen Shawshank. Set aside three hours of your day.
0: It's it's long, but it doesn't feel long. It doesn't, but it is easily one of the most satisfying film endings mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Full stop.
1: Yeah. And I think if if you are gonna get emotional, it is because of the the journey that both of it's them. It's a go, journey. It, the journey that both of them go through, but in the end, they are happy. They they have their happy ending.
0: There's a happy ending. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a satisfying ending
1: yeah uh so yeah that's what makes us cry
0: (laughs) (laughs) amongst many many other things the older i get the more stupid little things are setting me off yep i get emotional over really ridiculous movies that You know, like rom-coms, romances, (laughs) like really bad ones that I know are really bad. I watched a really bad one yesterday and I don't care. And I'm like, I'm so happy. They're together. (laughs) If it has a happy ending and you play the swooping music, I'm in. Like, I'll give you the tears. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Be proud to cry, everyone. Be proud to cry, listeners. Yes. So that's it. That's this episode. That's where we're gonna leave it. So what movies make you cry? Tell <laughs> yes. us. Yeah. What do you like? What makes what you al- sob? What
1: always gets you? Like, and, and, and are these examples we've given? are they do they get to you? Do you think that old Yeller really deserved it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> or where the red fern grows? You want to talk about movies about people's dogs? Dog movies! movies. Oh, we didn't even sure. talk about dog movies. Yeah. Ah, let's not go there. <laughs> no. Tell the people how we can how we can talk about anything other than dog movies, please, because I'll cry. <laughs>
1: Tell us what makes you cry. Send us an email at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. Tweet at us and follow us on Twitter, Neverseenit_pod. underscore pod. And if you wish to send us some money to support the show... And for all the therapy sessions, uh, click the link in the podcast <laughs> description. Uh, it'll it, it'll sign you up to uh, to give us some money. Cancel anytime, no big deal. Uh, but yeah, Betsy, we've got two more movies left in yeah. this here Halloween October Whatever, October. Series. It's Octoberfest. <laughs> we've done it. Bring me the beer. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't like beer either.
0: <laughs> but yes, we'll have two more of these. Coming to you soon. That's it for today. I've been Betsy. And I'm Trent. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.